Hello, JCI Canada. I'm Neil Fitzgerald. I'm your America's Development Commissioner. And I'm joined with Sue from JCI Canada and Matt Hutchin from the JCI Canada Foundation. Hello, guys. How are you today? Great. How are you? Very well, thank you. Doing really well, Neil. Thanks for joining us. You're very, very welcome. We're going to have a chat um, today about how the foundation can help with growth and development in JCI Canada. So Matt's joined us. So Matt, you're the president of the foundation? That's right. Yeah. Cool. So how did you get involved with the foundation? I first got involved with the foundation, I think, back when I was national president in 2000. The foundation board provided for uh, an ex-officio position for the national president to, to sit on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was how I first got engaged with the foundation. And then after I had finished my time on the national board, was approached by uh, other members of the foundation at the time and asked if I would join the board. Great. Um, what does the foundation do? So the foundation exists to manage a portfolio of money that the income that's generated from that portfolio is available for GCI Canada chapters, regions, and the national board to use for growth and development projects. Cool. Cool. So, Matt, where did the money come from as part of the foundation? Well, it came from a couple of different sources. Uh, the first big chunk of money that formed the foundation was actually from uh, some of the profit from the 1983 World Congress in Montreal. So wow. a bunch of money had been set aside from that to start the foundation. Uh, there have been individual requests and donations that have been made to the foundation since to help build up that amount of money. And then a number of years ago, a couple of other foundations that existed in Canada had provided their money to the Canada JC Foundation to manage on their behalf. So there was the, or still is, like, uh, I guess as an entity, the Canada JC Building Foundation. So that was the proceeds from the sale of a national office building that we used to have in Canada. Uh, and that was managed by the Building Foundation. And that money is now housed with the portfolio that the foundation manages. Uh, and the BC Yukon Regional Foundation has also provided some of its money to yeah. our foundation right. to manage on their behalf. Right. right. So, so who runs it? Is it run by the board itself or is there... Yeah, so the foundation is run by a volunteer board of directors. We are all uh, senators and past members. There's a number of us who are past national presidents. Uh, and we serve on the board for a um, specified term of years. We try really hard with the board to have a geographic spread across the country and make sure we've got all the areas represented. Uh, we have started to recently add younger people to the board to, to try <laughs> and help it, with the transition. And, yeah. yeah. A little more approachable. For sure. Yeah. Um, and so we, uh, and as a board, we review the applications and, and requests that we get for the foundation. So I'm I'm a member. Um, I'm like I I get told, hey, there's a foundation that can give you money to help with your projects. Talk me through it. How how do I go about getting money? What does the money? What can I spend the money on? What are you looking for? Yeah. So applications come to us in the form of the project business plan for the project. Uh huh. Uh, so at a chapter level, you know, the, the member would go through whatever the normal process is, uh, you know, to to get that approved uh -huh. by the chapter and have the request come to us. That gets emailed to me, and then I'll review it initially just to see if it's if it's a fit with kind of what we're looking for. And, and if it's not, then we'll work with that person and kind of coach them through things that we might want to see done differently or suggestions that we might have around how the project could be structured. So you don't have to worry about lots of scary paperwork. You can, you're working on your projects already that you need to get your board to approve. We email you and 
it, you can walk us through it and explain to us about what things do we need to amend so that we can be successful in the future. Exactly. You mentioned project business plan, and I'm and there's a, a bunch of versions out there of different project <laughs> business plans. What what are the core pieces that you want to see? What do you need to see in your application? So the main things that we're going to look at are obviously first the description of the project. So what's what's planned to happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to understand the budget, uh, and a couple of things that we'll look for for the budget is that the foundation is not the sole source of money. We want to see some involvement of other funds, whether that's money from the chapter itself that they're investing in the project, whether it's other external sponsorships or partnerships or, or participant fees or, or that sort of thing. Uh, we'll want to see on the cost side then how the foundation's money is being used in that project. So ideally, we want to support uh, aspects like costs of trainers or venue costs and that sort of thing, as opposed to paying for food and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and then we want to have a sense of what the targets are for the outcome of that project. Uh-huh. How many new members are you hoping to attract? And what's the publicity value of the project for the chapter if the focus is more just about general awareness and, and that sort of thing. So that then after the event happens, we ask that uh, the chapter or the region submits a final report on the project so that we can see what was achieved by, uh, by our investment in the project. Right. So I want to I want to do a project to help get ten new members for my my local organisation. What are the sort of things that you would be recommending me to do to help get some fu- uh, funding from the foundation? One of the projects that we've seen a number of applications for over the last couple of years has been an experienced JCI night that a number of chapters have run, which mm-hmm. seems to be very successful in terms of a sort of a casual format to gather prospects together, let them network and mingle with members and understand a little bit more about the organization. So we've provided funding for those kinds of events where we might pay, um, foundations money might go towards the venue costs or towards some publicity and marketing or prizes or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then depending on how the chapter wants to structure it, they'll have other funds that will be used for food and beverage and, and that kind of thing. To give an example, we ran one in BC uh, last year where we used foundation money to provide subsidies for membership dues. Yeah, right? so that's right. And that was a really neat, a neat project we did. Yeah. Um, how, how do you decide on the grants? Like what? So really, uh, we want to see the intent being around growth and development of the chapter. So mm-hmm. ideally attraction of new members. Yep. Uh, and that could be very specifically, um, you know, like an experience JCI night where the, the, the main purpose is to actually sign up some new folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be other projects that just help increase the profile and, and visibility of the chapter. We've provided some support in the past to, uh, like all candidates, debates and other events like that. They're just generally going to help raise the profile of the, the chapter and uh-huh. get them in front of a large audience to to do the pitch and explain what they are and, and what the benefit of belonging is. Uh, so that's really the, the primary thing that we want to see is just that focus on how can the chapters in the regions uh, grow and be stronger. We've also, aside from those uh, chapter and regional projects, we've also provided support to the national board itself and helped subsidize attendance for delegates at the, at the LTU every year uh-huh. because we recognize the importance of that investment in the leadership. Uh, what's the, what's the LTU? Leadership Training University. Um, you guys probably will be able to explain yeah. better, <laughs> yeah, so, better than I can. <laughs> so listeners, Leadership Training University is a great experience that is uh, jointly held between JCI Canada and our good friends in JCI USA. 
And it's a chance at the start of the year to connect with members from lots of different local organizations and chapters, uh, learn how to recruit, learn how to be the best board member that you can be in your year, learn all the stuff about how JCI headquarters can help support you and your growth and development. And it's just a great, really positive way, a uh, positive way of kicking the year off. So, you know, you leave that and one, you've made a load of new friends and two, really positive, right, Sue? Really energized really and ready to go. Energized. And I think that's exactly what the foundation wants to support is that, is that sure. positive energy. Um, curious, and this question has come up a couple of times um, as a, I've, I've been helping people with their foundation asks, is at, at what point do you ask for the money? Before, during, after, and then what happens once it's approved? Sure. So ideally for us, the request comes to us, um, you know, sometime before the event happens, uh -huh. whenever the initial planning is, is starting. Um, and I think that's beneficial for the, for the chapter as well, because if the event is somewhat dependent on or it's going to be flavored by how much money comes from the foundation, then you're going to want an answer to that sooner rather than later when you're doing your planning. Uh, so we would like to see the request come in as early as possible before the event in case there is uh, some dialogue between us and, and the organizers about things we might want to see mm -hmm. change or suggestions that we might have. Yeah. Um, we do get some that are, you know, within a week of the event, so that, that happens yeah. from time to time, but ideally we'd like to see it earlier than that. Uh, and then post-event, we once the final uh, project report has been done and, and if there is an approval process at the chapter level to kind of sign off on the project and, and give a final thumbs up on the report, then we would like to see a copy of that so that we can understand what the results of that were and just learn from, um, our, you know, to see what the ROI was basically on, yeah. on the support that we provided. Right. So you talked about what your, you, you want to learn and look at the ROI um, and sort of like best practice. So talk us through some sort of really great best practice tips for when people putting together their bids to the foundation. In terms of the submission itself, a really detailed budget is great because yep. it lets us understand where potentially the, the foundation's money is going to be applied in the project, uh -huh. uh, and a really clear sense of what the what the targets are in terms of membership growth. Mm -hmm. We've had some applications come in that maybe don't identify a number, so we'll often ask to to even just take a guess or set a you know, set a preliminary benchmark or or goal. Uh, if that's not achieved by the time the project runs, that's completely fine, but I think it's important to have a, have a target out of the gate to, to shoot for. So those are kind of the key things we'll, we'll have a look for. Great. And obviously the foundation is very passionate, like we are, about growth and development. So with all of the experience that you've got, Matt, talk us through some tips on how to recruit and get new members. Well, I think the, the results that we've seen from the experience JCI Nights have proven that that personal connection is still really a key component of being able to attract people to the organization. So what you're saying is not just to rely on Facebook and social media to recruit people, <laughs> but actually people. actually talk to people, That's right? right? Absolutely, yeah. The, the social media stuff is great as a, as a backdrop to that and a reinforcement of that stuff, I think. But, uh, you know, back in my day, we didn't even have any of that stuff, so it had to be face-to-face. -face. I love that you just said back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like so long ago sometimes. Uh, but I, th I still think that's that's universally the best way to, to attract people. I mean, ultimately for me, the, the greatest value that I got from my time in GCI, apart from all of the incredible experiences that I, that I got to experience and the uh, places I got to travel to and the things that I learned, it's the friendships and the personal connections that are absolutely ultimately the, the 
the greatest thing that I took from that time. And so if that, those relationships are kind of the prime best thing that we're all going to get out of being in JCI, then it makes sense that that's the way to, to kind of start getting engaged. Uh -huh. And why did you join JCI? I originally joined, I was fortunate enough to have a mentor who was uh, a JCI senator himself. He was uh -huh. a very successful businessman in my hometown uh, and a community leader. He was exactly the kind of guy that I aspired to be too, uh -huh. uh, aspired to become. And one day when I was, uh, and I, he was fortunate, I was fortunate enough that he was a client of mine as well. So very early on when I was working with him, he uh, basically said to me, you know, I got here and I, I am who I am because I, I was a JC. Yeah. And so that was all it took for me. And then through your career, you're quite world traveled yourself. Yeah. You had you. Um, what was your career, Matt? You had My a number, of, number of positions. Yeah. Like that, so right? I was really fortunate to serve GCI Canada as the national president in 2000, mm -hmm. uh, and then was blessed to be able to serve GCI as an international vice president in 2002. So I was assigned to eight countries in Europe. I had the Scandinavian group of countries, the Nordic group, uh, which were incredible. And a fascinating experience and an incredible opportunity to plug in and work with members in those countries. Right. We've got about two minutes left for this podcast. So just to sort of wrap up, why should somebody join JCI? I think in hindsight, for me, ultimately, it's those friendships. Uh, and that was a big part of us rebuilding our chapter in, in Kingston, where I was a member. We, when I joined, there was three people uh -huh. in the chapter. and But in talking to my mentor and in talking to other centers and mem past members of his generation, I knew what the organization could be. And there was a group of us, uh, three or four of us, were invited to attend sort of an alumni uh, get-together that the past members had, had organized one night. And so we kind of, you know, the kids sat off in the corner at the kids' table and listened to and just watched everything that was going on with these guys. And yeah. You know, some of them hadn't seen each other in 30 years, but they picked up just like it was yesterday. And so as a group, we, you know, we left that night thinking we want to build that for ourselves. We want yes. to come to a room 40 years from now, have that same kind of relationship, tell the same kinds of stories, um, and have that same kind of affection for each other that, that this group obviously yeah. did. It's amazing. Yeah. So that was the real catalyst for us to dig in and figure it out and, and just plug away at a growing chapter. And and now, you know, 20 years past my my JC career, um, I can say that we've done that. There is that group of us who we still get together and we still have that same kind of relationship and we still talk about the things we went through together during our time in, in JCI. And, and those are lifelong friendships. Cool. Got two final questions for me. First, what would be the one bit of advice you would give um, a new member starting their uh, career in JCI? I would suggest to find something to get involved with right away. Find a project committee or, or some initiative to be involved with. Volunteer at one of the events that's coming up soon. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to help you feel a part of things right away, and it's going to get you some of those personal connections and personal relationships with the other members in the chapter developed a lot more quickly. And, and uh, you know, it's... It can be an intimidating thing to step into as a as a new person, and so uh, maybe taking the bold step of, of inserting yourself into something that's going on and and becoming involved in a project or an issue right away, 
uh, is going to be the path to kind of get you entrenched and and take away that discomfort. That'd be great. And finally, we talked a lot about how the foundation can help members in JC Canada. So how do we get in touch with the foundation? Best way to contact me is by email. Uh, I think there's a foundation email, but I can't remember what it is. So people can just send it to my personal email. It's matt, M-A-T-T dot Hutchin, H-U-T-C-H-E-O-N at gmail.com. Great. So that's that's how you get some money. So just to recap, Matt and the foundation are very happy to help JCI Canada members with lots of different projects. Um, the main thing that they're after as well is looking for growth and development at all times and that the foundations are a partner for the chapter rather than the sole source of the money, right? right? You can get in contact him via email. Don't be worried about the paperwork. Matt's there to coach you. So if there's anything that they need or any further questions that they have, Matt will help you every step of the way, right? For sure, yeah. We're not, uh, you know, we're not to shoot your project idea down. We're a group of senators and past members who want to see the chapter succeed and want to see it grow and, and develop. So we will do everything we can to, uh, to you know, coach you and shepherd you along to, to get a project in place that we're able to support. It makes it a little less intimidating knowing that there's people on the other side that are looking at your proposals and uh, that want to see them succeed. Great. Well, thank you, for, thank you for your time, Matt. Thank, thank you, you listeners. We will talk to you soon. Uh, let me walk you through them. The, this one over here is a waste collection station and world cleanup day. So we partner up with community festivals and events already happening. And we set up waste collections, JCI waste, waste collection stations in order to educate the population what is garbage and what is recyclable, what is not. And also control the amount of waste that is happening at the festival. Uh, we, our member Pamela did a great video on World Cleanup Day. May I? It's only a minute and 30 seconds. Sorry, Neil. Wow. We shared that with World Cleanup Day, JCI Canada, and for the World Cleanup Day World Group 2? Yes, and Excellent. then we've been invited to submit uh, this project, this video, as uh, for Canada for World Cleanup Day Award. Excellent. Yes. Yay! Uh, so over here, we also have a leader cast. So leader cast is to create decent work and economic growth in within the community. Um, it's a one-day uh, broadcast from um, George Atlanta, I believe. And then uh, we recognize the problem that a lot of our local uh, residents don't have the means to travel for training, so we wanted to bring it into our community. Therefore, we organize a leader cast each year, and the provide them with a world-class speakers and bring them right into our community so they don't have to travel and we provide uh, lunch and also um, networking uh, activities for people to meet. Cool. And that already happened in May. Uh, next one I want to introduce is Peace is Possible campaign. So we wanted to uh, partner up with the school district and then launch a campaign in essay writing or debating or um, 
uh, creative art illustration and then ask the student to tell us what is what does it mean to you peace is possible obviously we expect um, students or the community will come back say peace is not possible and that create that debate piece that we are, we were looking for so we're going to use that as uh, debate training first and then provide uh, a prize for a debate and this debate will hold in a public uh, space we also uh, provide the local candidates for either uh, mun municipal election as well as federal election, a place to um, debate and at the All Candidates Forum. So GCI's nonpartisan organization, we provide this space and stage for them. However, we don't, we're not um, part of the debate. So the residents will come to the debate and submit questions and we'll sort the questions. And then the questions will be selected and asked the candidates right there and randomly. Awesome. And that's for- You guys are busy. Yeah, the, for peace <laughs> and justice and strong institutions, number 16. So that's the sustainable development goal. That's so correct. You've labeled it right. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, every project we do, we uh, first seek identify the problem and then we go to the UN sustainable development goals and to see if that's indeed something that we can work with and if something that we can do for the community. So uh, we recognize in our community that we have uh, people who don't have access to food. Other than the food bank, uh, we wanted to build uh, produce gardens for them, especially for uh, targeted clients, the clients who don't necessarily go all the way to the existing um, public garden to plant because they're embarrassed or any situations, they don't have the means to get to those gardens. So we went to them, we went to uh, shelters, we went to um, uh, Street Angel is a program that provided uh, men with a space, a safe space and also provided food. So we went to them and built gardens for them and also purchased um, seeds and then taught their clients who already are there and seeking food, taught them how to produce food and harvest the food. Awesome. Uh, we also have the Red Spot campaign. So we um, generate donations from the community and donate the female hygiene products to the school districts. Uh, last year, in 2018, we donated enough product to the school district for use for two years. And earlier this year, we heard we learned that the government is the BC government is uh, implementing that. So the government is going to provide part of that to the school. So we felt like we were in a big part of pushing that campaign and then mm -hmm. making the local government realize that this is a need. Yeah. It's like a VC government, not just the not just the Cranbrook. It's not just within your city. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we also have a video uh, for the Red Salt campaign. I don't know. Uh, this has been featured on the GCI International. Hello, GCI friends around the world, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Impact Factor. So sometimes it's easy to attack the big problems, the obvious problems, right? But then other times, we find a problem that may feel uncomfortable to discuss, which can cause us to avoid taking action. But JCI Kootenai of JCI Canada is taking a serious problem head on. You see, what they found was, like, when girls reach a certain... I, I have two daughters and I even have a hard time 
discussing this. Um, uh, hi, Kelly. You want me to take this one? Would you mind? I- I'd appreciate that. This is Kelly, everybody. I, I think she's going to... I'm going to go over here. I'm going to all over the camera or something. Uh, Kelly, oh, sounds like a good plan, Matt. Matt's right. JCI Kootenai recognized a problem. You see, one in seven Canadian girls have to miss school due to a lack of menstruation protection. This inability to access feminine hygiene products is due to low-income families unable to afford sanitary products at home or for young girls to pay for at school. Young girls who can't afford these products are missing school on a monthly basis, putting them on a path towards truancy and delayed graduation. This problem also puts a strain on teachers who often pay for the hygiene products their female students need out of pocket. In response to this problem, JCI Kootenai began raising money and accepting donations of feminine hygiene products to distribute to the local schools that charged or provided zero sanitation supplies to female students. During March of last year, International Women's Month, members of JCI Kootenai raised and purchased 2,500 Canadian dollars worth of feminine hygiene products for local schools to provide young girls with over the next two years. They received donations from their stakeholders, Alpine Toyota, Baker Hill Dental Clinic, as well as Save on Foods Cranbrook, who assisted with distributing the products to the local schools. Okay, with the hard topics out of the way, thank you, Kelly. JCI Kootenai's initiative addressed three global goals for sustainable development. Global goal number three, good health and well-being. Global goal number four, quality education. Global goal number five, gender equality. Oh, thank you so much, Kelly. We appreciate your help today. I think this proves that as JCI members, there should be no problems too uncomfortable for us to attack. Period. <laughs> That's not what I was... But thank you, JCI Kootenai. You guys truly are the impact factor. So you guys were identified as, or well, I guess one of the local organizations in how many that were sort of identified with the impact factor? Do you recall? I don't. So I think it was one in 20, so from around the world, which was pretty cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, we have two more projects to show you. The next one is called Public Chessboard. One of members is a, mem- um, a member of a local chess club, and then they've identified a need in our community that we don't have a public place for people to go play chess. Therefore, we link, uh, we identified with um, number 11 goal, and we uh, generated um, sponsorship in order for us to um, build these chess boards and install them in city uh, public space so that people will be able to access these pieces and play chess board uh, right there where they already hang out in the park. We also do uh, pop-up beer gardens. Is uh, We do that for the city of Cranberg. We do this candidate celebration for city of Cranberg. So it's a big uh, music festival and uh, featured craft local craft beer. Um, it's been a great success this year. So JCI Kootenai is a population of how many people? Or sorry, Cranbrook area? Oh, uh, Cranbrook has 10,000 people. So you guys have done 12 projects in 2019 impacting obviously more than your local population. So if any other organization in larger centers, what do you say to them? Step by step, project by project, you can move people. 
That's awesome. Thanks so much. This is Coco, and she is the current local president for JCI Kootenai. Thank you. I forgot to mention that uh, one of our award submissions